Hello and welcome to the Duster Today podcast. I'm Brennan Riker alongside Blair Bowen. We are joined today by the man who's in charge of revamping the tennis program here at LCU. He's not in Kansas anymore. We're joined by head tennis coach, head tennis coach Jason Spiegel. Coach, how are you today? Doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. I mean, we are doing good. We're so glad that we have you on. Now, let's start with your past experience with tennis. As we've mentioned, you grew up in Kansas and you went on to play collegiate tennis at Southwestern College in Winfield, Kansas. Uh, what in your early life brought you to learn and play tennis? Yeah, interestingly enough, I didn't start playing tennis until I was in college at Southwestern. And so it was kind of one of those walk-on deals where um, I just picked up the sport um, in my college days. Um, ended up playing for three years. Uh, was all conference my senior year. Uh, kind of thought that was the end of my tennis career. Um, I got my degree in physics. I went on to, to work in the air, aerospace um, industry. Um, ended up getting married and then uh, my wife and I moved to the Dominican Republic to do mission work. Um, we lived there for six years and then uh, Southwestern actually hired me on the academic side. Um, and, uh, I worked there for about four years, um, uh, before starting getting more involved with the tennis program and eventually becoming the coach. And in your tenure at Southwestern, you coached for nine seasons. And in those nine seasons, you led Southwestern's women's program to seven Kansas collegiate athletic conference tournament appearances two CAC regular season titles to NAIA National Championship Tournament appearances, and one KCAC title on the men's side. Uh, what did you take from your coaching experience at Southwestern? Yeah, I mean, uh, coaching is is all about building relationships, um, both in recruiting. Um, if you recruit good players, then you're going to have a good team. Um, and then building the relationships once the players get you know, to your institution, um, is, is continuing to build and grow those relationships as players, you know, as students, um, a lot, a lot of the players were friends are, are still friends of our family. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of weddings and things like that post-graduation and, um, just, you know, building lifelong relationships, um, for me is, is the most rewarding part of coaching. And this kind of goes off talking about your college experience. What aspects from your college experience have you carried over into your coaching? My college playing experience or, or yeah, you could go from there. Okay. Well, so, I mean, one of the reasons I, I chose to go back to Southwestern, um, is I love, I loved my time there as a student. Um, and I love the, the small, um, college aspect and, and being, um, involved. Um, when I was a student, I, I was on the leader in the leadership program. I wrote for the newspaper. Um, I was in FCA. I, of course I played tennis. I kept stats for football, basketball. Um, I was a tutor. Um, and you know, and went to classes and, um, I was an RA, um, for a year and just, I liked being, um, involved in as many things as I could. And so, um, when I got back 
from the mission field to working at Southwestern, I tried to be as involved as I could. So that's how I became involved with the tennis program. And then eventually the coach left and the athletic director asked if I wanted to take over. Uh, I had never in a million years thought about being a collegiate tennis coach. And so that was one of those, um, one of those just kind of surprises that sometimes God provides in your life. And, um, I'm a firm believer of, you know, say yes, try it out. You know, if you don't, if it, if it doesn't fit you or you don't enjoy it, then, you know, you can always step down later, but, um, I never want to say no and, and wonder what if I had taken that risk or that opportunity. Um, and so, you know, I told the athletic director, yes. And just kind of, it was, it's, it's been a great challenge that's continued to, to grow and, and obviously eventually led me here to LCU. You just touched up on the small school aspect and that's very applicable here to LCU. So talking about that, what brought you here to Lubbock to become the first head coach of the tennis program since 1982? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Uh, sometimes I wonder that, uh, myself, but, um, I had kind of gotten grown. I'd kind of grown to a point at Southwestern where, um, I didn't feel like, um, I was going to be able to grow either, you know, in my career, um, I'd kind of reached a ceiling with how good our teams uh, were going to be, how successful we were going to be. Um, and in terms of number of players, like I had kind of maxed out our rosters. And so I was looking for a new challenge. Um, you know, I have to give a little bit of props to Nathan Carcino. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty good friends with his dad. And, um, when Nathan was deciding where to go to college, it was between LCU and Southwestern, um, coincidentally enough. And, um, and so Nathan had decided to come and run track, um, here at LCU. And so when Nathan's dad saw that LCU was starting a tennis program, like he called me, he's like, Hey, I don't know if you'd ever think about leaving Southwestern, but here's a, this would be a pretty cool opportunity. Um, and so I went ahead and applied. Um, I think I sent my application in, in February. I didn't hear anything for two, two and a half months. So, I, you know, I kind of put it on the back burner, just kind of figured either they weren't interested or they'd already hired somebody. Um, and then got a call from, um, the athletic director. Uh, we were actually right in the middle of our conference playoffs when he called. And, uh, I guess I, I guess I interviewed well and, uh, you know, after about 20 minutes after the interview, he called me and, um, asked if we would fly down and check out LCU and it just all seemed like a good fit. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, we have three kids and so whatever change we were going to make career wise had to make sense, um, for the whole family. And, um, you know, God puts all those dominoes in place when it's, when it's his will and when it's he, what he wants you to do and what he has next for you. And so, you know, we made a pro con list on the way home and really didn't have very many in the cons, uh, column. And so, uh, we prayed a lot about it and, and decided that it was a, a jump that we'd, we'd go ahead and make. And since your arrival in Lubbock, how involved have you been in the restarting process outside of recruiting? 
Yeah, I feel like I've been fairly involved. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the plans and um, everything had kind of been set in motion um, prior to my arrival. So, you know, I gave some input on uh, the facility. We would have facilities meetings. Um, and, uh, you know, but 90% of my tennis job for this year has been recruiting a team. Um, and so, you know, you know, a lot of the fundraising and the donations and all of that stuff, thankfully, uh, you know, had been taken care of, um, prior to my arrival, but I've been trying to build relationships with people within the USDA, within the community at Texas tech, um, within the high schools in Lubbock, um, you know, so that they one know that LCU is going to have a tennis program. And so that, um, we can also have some synergy, um, you know, our complex, I want it to be, you know, full and, and used and, and, and lively. And, um, you know, I want to host tournaments and community programs and lessons and, and things like that. So a lot of that again is about building relationships and, and just getting to know the folks in the community. Talking about recruiting, how, how, how does being in a different region affect your recruiting process? Um, yeah, it affects it some. Um, you know, Lubbock, Texas is not so far away from Winfield, Kansas that I haven't recruited some of the same players, um, some of the same high schools that I'm recruiting now. Um, a lot of tennis recruiting, too, occurs internationally. Um, and so, you know, that that's still uh, this, that's still the case, um, here at LCU, like it was at Southwestern. And so, um, I've spent a lot of time, you know, trying to get to know coaches, emailing coaches, uh, of good programs here in the state of Texas and within the region, um, since I got here. Um, but I had already, a lot of those coaches knew me already, um, and knew my program at Southwestern. So, um, you know, and, and the international recruiting, you know, it's just a lot of WhatsApp and a lot of video calls. And, um, so it, it's different getting to know, you know, how to sell LCU versus how to sell Southwestern. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same players from, from similar areas. So how hard has it been to bring in recruits in this inaugural season to build this new program? Yeah, re recruiting's a grind anyway, uh, new program or not. Um, you know, so it's a it's been a lot of work. Um, you you have to be willing to hear the word no a lot. Um, you kind of have to talk to twenty kids to get one to commit, um, and so. The daunting part of it has been, okay, we, we have zero and we've got to get to 16 or 20, um, tennis players within a year. Um, I have, it's been a little bit surprising to me that I've had some players that they just tell me they're not interested in a new program. Um, I've had some players ask, well, who, who am I going to be playing with? Like, what's the all the players ask, well, what's the caliber of the team going to be? Um, and, uh, more on the guy's side than the girl's side, the guys want to know, like, 
how, how good's the team going to be? And sometimes that question's been hard to, to answer. Like I, I, I sell them a vision of what level I want the team to be. Um, but they want to know, okay, specifically who are the players that I'm going to be playing with because, and I get it. They want to know that they're going to come and be on a good team. Um, and sometimes that's hard when you don't, you don't have the players yet. You have an idea of what the players, um, that, that I want to recruit, um, what their level is, but until you start getting some of those dominoes to fall, um, and players to commit, um, you know, it's a little bit hard to tell them specifically. Um, I feel like the, the women on the other hand, you know, they, it's, it's more about relationships and feeling like they belong here at LCU. Um, and that, you know, they want to be on a competitive team as well. But, um, I feel like the women have gone a little bit faster because they're, they feel comfortable with me. They feel comfortable at LCU. They like the new complex. Um, whereas the guys are all about, okay, how much do I have to pay? And are we going to win? Um, and so it's, uh, you know, that's been a little bit of a challenge. So the guys are a little bit behind. Um, I've got eight girls signed. I've got five guys signed. Um, the goal is to get to 10 to 12 of each. So we're getting there. Yeah, you're almost there. <laughs> and when recruiting, would you say you focus on incoming freshmen or transfer athletes or both? What would you say? Yeah, I'm trying. So my vision is to have a good mix. Um, I don't really want um, 24, 18 year olds that are coming in that have no college experience. Um, so I'd like to have a good balance of about half incoming freshmen and maybe half transfers. Um, on the women's side, I feel like we'll be we're going to be a little bit freshman heavy. Um, and on the guys, we're probably going to have a few more transfers, but. With COVID um, and everybody having a COVID year and the transfer portal um, and junior college, like there's a lot of opportunities to recruit transfers. Um, but I don't want to create this constant one or two year cycle where we're, we're shuffling players in and out. Um, I'd like to be able to have some, some young players as well that can grow and develop here at LCU. So, all in all, what is your biggest goal in this upcoming season for the tennis program? Yeah, so my, my biggest goal is to have those 10 to 12 players on each side. Um, and I'd like to finish in the top half of the Lone Star Conference in our first year. Um, so we're the number 11 uh, women's team in the Lone Star. So I'd like to finish in the top five on the women, top four on the men. Um, and then be able obviously if we finish higher than that, um, you know, I'll, I'll be pleased. Um, but, uh, I think that'd be a good starting point and then we'll just continue to grow and get better from there. And what has been your favorite part or most firm part, I should also say of starting this program of being involved with something new and something exciting. Well, that's the reason that I chose LCU is the, the opportunity to build something from nothing, um, was very exciting. Um, and, but I think probably the most important, the most exciting part right now has been 
the opportunity to develop new relationships, get to know people on campus, um, and, and do get involved in ways that when I have a team, I may not be able to be involved in. So like I'm tomorrow I'm heading to Frisco and I'm going to the Lone Star basketball conference tournament. Um, because next year at this time, I'm going to be playing in my season and I won't be able to, you know, just take off and go and do that. Um, I've done, uh, for our, for our, uh, NCAA live stream, I've done the play by play for volleyball this year, which that was a brand new experience for me. That was a lot of fun. I've done the, either the, the play by play or the color for all the home basketball games. Um, I'm doing announcing for a lot of the baseball games. Um, so being able to be involved in, in all the sports here at LCU, being able to get to know, um, people here in Lubbock. Um, I think that's the most exciting thing right now. Um, because of the absence of, of having a competitive season this year, um, me and my family were able to do some different things. Um, that we won't necessarily get to do when I'm travel have practice every day and traveling, um, with the team, which I, that's exciting stuff too. Um, it's just, we're trying to use this, this, this kind of off year. It's not an off year, but it's a different year, um, to do some different things. You mentioned your mission work in mm -hmm. the Dominican Republic, and we saw that on the LCU's article about you. You did it for six years. Can you describe your experience there and what pushed you to go? Yeah. Um, well, so I always joke that I got married and then I wound up on the mission field. Um, and then I usually let my wife tell the rest of the story, but, um, she usually rolls her eyes and then tells the story. But, um, so when I met my wife, she was, she had been going on short-term mission projects to the Dominican Republic for four or five years. And it was her calling her plan, um, to move there. She was preparing, um, you know, raising support and getting donations to help start a dental clinic, um, in Santo Domingo in the capital city. And so we, we were dating and we decided to get married and we decided to get married and, and we would both go. Um, so we got married and nine months later we moved there and, and our plan was to, to live there for two years, start a dental clinic, um, and then come back to the States. Um, well, God obviously has different plans, um, a lot of the time. And so, um, the first few years I was just kind of along for the ride. You know, I su supported my wife and what she was trying to do. I taught a little bit of high school. We were trying to learn some Spanish, um, cause we, neither one of us spoke Spanish when we moved there. Um, and then, um, about three years, in, about two and a half years in, we were ready to pass off the dental clinic to, um, a Dominican administrator. Um, and, uh, God brought along another calling, um, to work with crown financial ministries. Um, and that call, that calling was for me to be the national ministry developer. And so this was way outside my comfort zone. I call it my Moses moment, um, where I'm sitting there knowing God's calling me, but I'm going, I don't think you have the right guy. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't speak Spanish. I, you know, I stutter a lot. I can't understand, you know, God, you don't make a whole lot of mistakes, but I think you're making one here. Um, but, uh, ended up answering the call, 
um, and uh, was the national ministry developer for Crown for about two and a half years before Southwestern then offered me a job to, and we decided to come back. It was one of, honestly one of the greatest adventures of my life. Um, I would encourage anyone listening to uh, consider living outside of the United States somewhere for an extended period of time. For me, it changed my worldview um, significantly. We adopted our oldest son um, while we were there. Um, he was eight months old when uh, we got custody of him. He, he just turned 15. Um, and so uh, the Dominican's always going to be a, a part of our lives and, and a big, big chunk of our hearts. Um, we, uh, it became one of our homes and, uh, I wouldn't trade those six years for anything in the world. So, and hopefully, uh, God was able to use us in some of the work that we did down there too. Well, coach, that's amazing to hear how God has guided you through your path in life from tennis in Kansas to mission work in the Dominican Republic. And we wish you all the best of luck, uh, this fall, whenever tennis starts up for this program, it's going to be very exciting, and we can't wait to see the awesome things that you and your team are going to do. So, Coach, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just close with this. If, when God brings about an opportunity, my advice is to say yes. He'll figure the details out later. I want to thank you guys for having me, and uh, I definitely look forward to you guys being out at the tennis courts next year cheering on the Shaps. Yep, we'll be out there. <laughs> yes, sir, we definitely will be out there. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening. This has been the Duster Today podcast, and we'll see y'all next time.